Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. I'm joined by Dewey Burke. It's been a while, Dewey. It seems like six months so since we've talked, at least. Carolina basketball coming off national championship. Season gets started in earnest very shortly on November 10th in the Smith Center. Dewey, first of all, how you been? I know your young one's getting older by the day. And uh, how ready for are you for this basketball season to start? I'm as ready as I can be, Tommy. I've been watching more NFL football than college because we haven't been playing so well. And I'm excited to see our new guys out there. And you mentioned my little daughter, Caroline. She just turned one. And it was fun when I was watching the exhibition game the other night. And she was sitting on my lap. I was talking to her and telling her the last game she was at, we cut the nets down. So she's had, uh, she's had a good run so far. She's undefeated. Yeah, not a bad start uh, to a Carolina fandom career. Let's talk a little bit about this team. Let's start with the obvious question. What did you do when you heard the news about Joel Berry? Uh, and, and I'll say this, high school ki- or college kids do silly stuff sometimes, even if they're a uh, a big-time basketball player on a big-time team. But when you heard the news that Joel was going to miss some time and how it happened, what were your thoughts? Well, I I heard the news first that he had gotten hurt, and I didn't hear what it was or how long. So my heart dropped because, and we can get into this, but he, to me, is the irreplaceable player on the team. Obviously, a lot of guys are important. Don't get me wrong. But I got a text from my brother, actually, who follows Carolina just uh, just like the rest of us. And he said, Joel broke his hand. He's out. And so I, I was scrambling. I was texting Hoots on staff, seeing what was going on. And when it turned out it was only three, four weeks and no surgery, I was relieved. And at that point, I honestly didn't really care how it happened. Uh, and then when I heard, it just obviously was silly. And, you know, they're painting it as him being competitive. And I'm sure that's the case. But if it had to happen your most irreplaceable player. I'm glad it happened at exactly this time because he's not going to miss any conference games, any of the real big time games. And hopefully he's back for the Phil Knight tournament and he'll be ready to go by conference. And the more important thing to me is that he stays healthy the rest of the way. You know, this is something that's a freak thing. It'll heal. I just want his ankles to be right, his knees to be right, and him to have a great senior season and have the senior season that I think we all feel he deserves. Talk a little bit about the leadership that Barry and Theo Pinson will bring. I mean, there's not too many guys that are still in school that come back for another year that have had back-to-back Final Fours, back-to-back championship games, and coming off winning the national championship. You just don't see it that much in college basketball anymore. Roy Williams and his staff have two as good a leaders as North Carolina's had in quite a while. It's very exciting. You think back, like you're saying, you think back to the 05-06 season, which was post a national championship. And I was lucky enough to be on that team after we won. And we lost, you know, pretty much everybody except for David Noel, right? He was the only guy we had. We lost Raymond and Rashad and Sean and Marvin and then graduated Jawad and Jackie and Melvin. And then we went in 09 and everybody's gone again, right? For the most part, all the guys leave early to go to the draft and the heralded class of uh, 09 graduates and you lose everybody. So this is very unique that we have our best player back uh, and also our probably our heartbeat, our enthusiasm uh, that we get from Theo. So 
I agree. So unique. And how great for them that they have these young guys to bring along and all these new players in the program that their resume is so strong that at sometimes they don't even have to say anything. They could just point up and say, that's what we've done. Follow us, which is pretty cool. You know, usually that conversation happens in the summer during pickup when you're arguing. And if you happen to be on a national championship team, you point up and say, that's why the call goes my way because I hung a banner or that's why, because my Jersey is over there. Right. And those things do happen in the summer and pickup, believe me. And how unique, like you said, for Joel Berry and Theo, number one, to have those conversations this past summer with anybody that was playing pickup with them, pro guys coming back, they could hold their own and say, well, we have a banner. We're still current players, but we have a banner. Uh, but also for the new crop of guys that they're trying to get caught up to speed and help through conditioning and learn the plays and everything, they've done enough that they can almost lead by not saying anything at all. Not that there's, that's their personality, but uh, like you said, incredibly unique to have guys like that and Luke and, and other guys that were there to come off a championship season and have guys like that back is is really special for us and great for the young guys. Yeah, and again, I don't think we can say how important it is and how unique it is. I mean, it just doesn't happen, and it's fascinating. You mentioned Luke May, and of course he's gotten all the hype for the shot against Kentucky, but he's going to be a huge part of this team this year. We talked um, with Greg and Ross Martin on the podcast a, a little while ago, several days ago, and I asked about Luke starting, and Greg said absolutely no way that Luke May does not start every game for this team. My question to you, Dewey, is where do you play him? Is Do you play him at the four to five? Not that it really matters that much, um, but how do you think Roy Williams – We'll do this. I think early they'll play all over the place and play all different lineups. But how do you think Roy is going to sort of massage the question mark at question mark big man and how you think he'll use Luke May in that? I think Luke May is going to start every game for the rest of his career. I firmly believe that. And I think he'll start those games mostly at the four. And at least initially this year, I think you'll see us start with the traditional two bigs and three perimeter players. And then it just remains to be seen how the the young guys develop and if Coach is comfortable putting them out there in the starting lineup or if he chooses to go small, in which case Luke would move down to the, the five, which I kind of say in quotation marks because the four and the five are really interchangeable in our offense. And with Luke's shooting ability, you would love, even if he's the five, for him to really be the trailing big man so he can shoot that top of the key three. He shoots the ball so incredibly well. He blew me away at practice last year when I went to a few you know, before the Duke game and watched him score the basketball in live situations and then also watched him shoot uh, just doing drills. He really, really shoots it, and he's the modern-day stretch four. He's a little undersized, but I think Coach will try to use him in some respects in the ways he used Marvin and Jawad. He doesn't have the same athleticism, certainly, but he's got great touch. He's a great catch-and-shoot guy. So they'll do some dribble, spin-out type of stuff, pick-and-pop. Those are the type of situations I think we'll see Luke in a lot where he can utilize his shooting ability. But I really believe this. I think he's going to play 27 to 30 minutes every game for the rest of his career. I mean, I think they think that highly of him on staff. He's put the work in. He's in incredible condition, and he brings an element as a post player that a lot of guys don't have and it's that ability to shoot the basketball. So 
barring us bringing in some recruits that uh, that I haven't heard about, I think you can book Luke May to start about 70 games in a row coming up. From a mental standpoint, how big is that shot he hit and the run they went on for Luke personally? I mean, because he came in not heralded. Uh, let's be honest, he wasn't highly ranked, but he's gotten the job done. So how how do you think that affects him mentally? What boost does that give him mentally having done that on the biggest stage there is for North Carolina? The, the biggest boost you could ever get. I mean, it's an unfair comparison, right? But we've all heard and and watched videos of Michael Jordan years later talk about how that shot put him on the map that he hit against Georgetown, right? After that, everybody knew who he was, and it just went from there. Now, certainly, I, I'm not making a comparison in any other respect, except for the fact that Luke hit a shot like that that put him on the map. And from that point on, he, if he didn't before, believed he belonged and believed he belonged at this level, right? It was, it's no question that he's a Division One basketball player, but should he have been a, a Davidson-level player or uh, some other mid-major? Now there's no question in his mind that he belongs in the ACC and he can compete with the best. And so that confidence that carried him through the rest of the last season, through into the spring and the summer playing pickup, where all reports were he played great. I mean, talking to Tyler, saying how well Luke May played, even at his size going against Hansborough and Zeller and Henson and the guys that come back in the summer, holding his own against those guys, right? And then again, his ability to shoot the ball. I would think he's as confident as any player we have next to Joel Berry. I really believe that he's going to have an outstanding season. He's a really tough matchup for a lot of teams. There are going to be times around the rim where he struggles because he's not an above-the-rim player. But his ability and his his unique knack to score the basketball is going to be a huge asset for us. And I think his confidence has got to be sky high. You hit a shot like that against Kentucky, and for it to – ultimately lead us to a national championship it's hard to believe you could feel any better about your capabilities on the basketball court he doesn't have to worry about having done it because he's certainly done it uh greg thinks he'll average a double double or or thereabouts that's if he does that he's going to be in the mix for some all acc honors let's talk about cameron johnson a little bit with justin jackson leaving you think Cameron Johnson slides in perfectly they're different players but what have you gathered from Johnson I mean I think he'll be able to shoot it gives Carolina plenty of options on the wing and from three which frankly has been an issue sometimes over the last few years having that outside shooting that just adds to Barry adds to Pinson on the outside your take on his addition for Roy Williams I was thrilled when we got him I just want to make one kind of comment on on him and as it relates to Justin, we should not compare them. I just think that's unfair. We're talking about somebody who was a McDonald's All-American, top 10 player in his class, first round pick, and who's getting meaningful minutes in the NBA right now versus someone who's had a nice career and played well at Pitt and had a great game at the Smith Center, who now is getting the chance to play at the highest level that college basketball offers. So we'll see, right? I think it's clear that he can really shoot it. I would say that on a, on a strict catch and shoot, his rhythm and mechanics, I like better than Justin's. And Justin shot it great last year, but he struggled in years prior to that. I think Cam's catch and shoot mechanics are better than Justin's and maybe the best we have on our team right now. 
but he's not as quick and athletic as Justin. He's not as good off the bounce. He's not as good in the mid-range, at least that we've seen. So I think we want to be fair with our expectations of him. I think he's going to be great catch and shoot. I think he's a smart player. He's got good size. He's certainly experienced. He's going to play a ton of minutes and be very, very beneficial to us. But let's not expect him to all of a sudden be the replacement of Justin Jackson because I just don't think that's fair. He's not He's not a Harrison, right? He's not a Justin Jackson. He's not the little kid we have coming next year. He's who he is, which is a good shooter who had a nice career so far at Pitt, and we'll see what he can give us. That's how I feel about him. But the most positive thing I can say, like I said, is is the way he shoots the ball mechanically, I think, is fantastic. So I look forward to watching him shoot for us. Yeah, and that's a, a perspective right there because I think a lot of people, I mean, I've even done it and I did it a little bit in the question, think he's just going to slide in and replace Jackson's production and all that. And that is a, a bit much to expect. I think a lot of folks are going to realize just how good Justin Jackson was during this season for Carolina. Do we let's stay down low? Roy Williams got three big men, uh, Brandon Huffman, Garrison Brooks, Sterling Manley. I think everybody will say, or, or most everybody will say, Brooks is probably the most ready. Huffman would be next, and then maybe Manley. But for Roy Williams to do what he wants to do, and that's play your traditional lineup, two of these three guys have to step up and be able to perform and give solid minutes. Your take on them. Right. They're, they're totally unproven. So it's going to be interesting to see if one of them can step forward and develop and be able to rebound the basketball and try to protect the paint. I don't think we can expect a ton of scoring from those, the, the collection of those three guys. Uh, I just think they're young and, and inexperienced and they're not coming in like some of the bigs we've had in the past, uh, like a Zeller and obviously Tyler Hansborough and plenty of other bigs to name, Ed Davis and the way he played as a freshman. I, I would think they're going to take more time, maybe more like John Henson, even though John was incredibly highly ranked and heralded when he came in. It took John a little while before he got comfortable in the system and really was able to shine. So I, I think we need to be patient with them. I do think we're going to play a lot of time with a smaller lineup where we see Theo and Cam and Brandon Robinson at the four and Luke at the five, and we're going to be a small team, smaller than we've been ever since Coach has been at Carolina. But hopefully on the other end, we can create matchup difficulties for for the guys trying to guard us. You think about rolling a lineup out there of, just as an example, Joel Barry, Barry, Jalik, Theo, Cam, and Luke, as an example, that's a really dynamic five to try to figure out how to guard and how to keep out of the paint. Uh, A lot of penetrating pitch opportunities for – a lot of people, they can spread the floor and shoot. So I just think with the bigs, coach is going to give them every opportunity to be successful because he, he loves to play three out, two in and run secondary. And we all know that. I just feel like unless they make a big leap, we, we're going to have to play a little different like we did several years back when PJ played the four and we went small and played four out, one in. I think we're going to see a lot of that type of, of action where we can you know run a lot of dribble handoffs amongst those guards try to penetrate and pitch, open up lanes to get to the rim and utilize Luke's ability even as the post player, as a, as a stretch guy that can step out to 15, 18, 20 feet and, and make shots as well. So I think we'll shoot more threes than we really have any, any other time. We probably won't win the backboard like we always used to, maybe. Uh, so it's going to be different. It's going to be fun to watch and watch Coach adjust and, and figure out how to put us in the best chance to be successful. 
good stuff there. Let's break down the guards a little bit, and then we'll take a break. But who do you think rolls out there starting day one? Not that it matters, but it's fun to do. You got Jalen Felton, who everybody says is going to be very, very good, but he's got to learn how to play the way Roy Williams expects. You've got Seventh Woods, who I think he's going to come off the bench this year, um, but I think he's improved. And you got Kenny Williams, a guy who started plenty of games for a national championship team before he got hurt. So your take on those guys, and, and we can't forget Brandon Robinson, we often do, but where do you see the minutes coming from out of that bunch? Yeah, I, th- I think Kenny will start at first. I mean, everything I'm hearing with how he rehabbed and the kind of condition he's in. And uh, a friend of mine went to practice recently and said his first comment was, Kenny, he looks like a man. He's matured. And it kind of, like, it, I don't know if the light bulb went off for him this summer and he really hit the weight room or he just naturally, it was his time. He just felt like Kenny looked like an ACC player, looked like a man. Uh, for the first time. And with with that kind of commentary and the, and the things I've been hearing, I think Kenny's going to start at the beginning of the year. So to me, it'll look like Joel, Kenny, Theo, Luke, and then one of the freshman bigs. I think that's how he'll he'll start the season. And then from there, like we were talking about in the previous question, how quickly do we go small? Does he end up just starting with a small lineup or does he continue to start the freshman bigs every game and then transition to the, the smaller lineup? I think Jaleek's going to play a ton of minutes. I don't know that he'll start. Cam may eventually step in there and start at the three where you put Theo at the four in that smaller lineup we're talking about. Or maybe it is Jaleek that starts and move Theo to the four. That stuff remains to be seen. The guys that I think are going to be fighting for minutes are going to be seventh and Brandon. I, I think they are, based on kind of just looking at everything on paper, they would be the guys that are decidedly behind the other people we've talked about. And so it's going to be interesting to see how all that shakes out. Can Brandon earn minutes, maybe having to play the four and, and figure out a way to, to earn minutes that way. So the nice thing though, and the best thing is you got the best point guard in the country on your team. And in the big games, you got a guy who barring foul trouble is going to play 37 minutes. And for my money is the best point guard in the country and should win the Koozie award and got a great chance of winning a national player year. He just, we're so fortunate to have him back, and I just hope he has the senior season he deserves because we're going to go as far as he can take us, and if he plays the way he's capable and Jalik, like we said, learns how to play and is the freshman impact player that we hope he can be and Cam helps him make shots and Kenny makes shots and Theo plays like he's capable and Luke's as good as we think he can be, boy, we're tough to guard. We're not big necessarily, but we're tough to guard. That's the kind of team that can make a run. You just never know. It's going to be really, really fun to watch. When we come back from break, I'm going to ask Dewey about Roy Williams and maybe crowds. We'll be right back. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. We're back. And Dewey, Roy Williams has been through a lot over the last few years. The NCAA cloud is finally gone. Despite the NCAA crowd, uh, cloud, he managed to 
get his team to the championship and then get them back to the championship and win it. Since you've had time to think about that since last April, talk a little bit about how you think Coach feels now. As vindicated, relief. I mean, what do you think his thought process is now and then going into this season? Yeah, I think a sense of relief is definitely part of it. I would venture to guess that his enthusiasm is, his level of enthusiasm, I should say, is as high as it's been maybe ever to have that cloud lifted and feel like he can get back to recruiting the way he has always for his entire life without anybody out there saying bad things about him and making things up or painting a, an incorrect picture or telling kids that you shouldn't go to Carolina because maybe you won't be able to play in the tournament. All that's gone, right? It's a level playing field. And I got to think with as confident as he is and the competitor that he is, he is so excited not only to coach his team and, and help them grow, but also to recruit and get back out there. We've already seen it, right? We've already seen the, the windfall since the NCAA decision. I would think he's mostly relieved and enthused. And and I'd like to tell a story related to this that I think is so telling about Coach Williams and how he was steadfast in his belief and his knowledge that he knew he didn't do anything wrong. I was fortunate enough after we won the national championship to go to New York and play golf with some of the guys on the board uh, uh, of the university. And Coach was there and Coach Robinson was there. And I happened to be having a conversation with one of the gentlemen on the board and he was asking me, he said, Dewey, do you think coach, if, if it came down to it, would you know, sit out a couple games or maybe do probation or a scholarship reduction just so we can get past this, just so we can move on? And I said to the gentleman, I said, if he's the Coach Williams I know, never. He'll never do it. He'll never agree to sit out a game. He'll never agree to a scholarship reduction. He'll never agree to vacate anything because he didn't do anything wrong. And the interesting part was later that day, that same gentleman had that conversation with Coach Williams. And he came back to me later and he said, well, you were right. There's no way he'll give an inch. And I said, I told you, because I know he didn't do anything wrong. And so knowing that that was his mindset all along and his, his confidence and, and knowing that he had done everything correctly, to have that finally come out, I, I will tell you, I had a, a fun email exchange with that gentleman on the board. Not saying I told you so, but just saying this is why he was so steadfast that he wasn't going to give an inch because he's stubborn anyway. But when it came to this discussion and this issue, he knew in his heart of hearts he didn't do anything wrong. So that that would be where the vindication comes in. I still think relief and enthusiasm are first. But after that, because he had people in, in power at the school of influence coming to him and saying, Hey Roy, you know what if we just do this? And you know we can maybe make this go away if we just we give up a scholarship for two years or, or we sit out the tournament. No, no, he was never doing that, and he was proven right. So that just makes me even more proud to have played for him, to know him, and uh, and that he's our representative. It's just uh, anyway, I just think it's a great story that gives some insight into how he really felt about the whole thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's something what's going on since July of 2010 and now it's done. I mean, to be honest, it still feels kind of like weird that it's over with, but it finally is. And uh, one thing Roy Williams said after the Barton game is he was a little upset about the crowd, Dewey. And 
he gets that way and he comes from Kansas that was nuts mm-hmm. 90% of the time or 100% of the time. But coming up this Sunday, there's an event that Carolina basketball crowd can show what they're all about. And that's the jamboree, whatever you want to call it. Speak a little bit about that. Speak about how important this is for Coach Williams and how important it is for the Carolina fan base to show up. Well, it's such a great idea, right? I mean, what better way to spend a Sunday afternoon than getting to go to the Smith Center and see four teams that have such a close tie to Carolina? Obviously, our own team, but you got Lebo, you got CB, and you got Wes, guys that, you know, bled for Carolina and have had great success since they left and they owe it to Carolina. So for them, right, it's an opportunity to come back and bring their team into the Smith Center. What an honor for them. But the idea here is to raise money, right, for hurricane relief. What a great concept that Coach helped come up with. And I just hope and, and really, really pray that our fans take this as a responsibility that they have. I think we owe it to Coach Williams and we owe it to those that are going to get the benefit of this relief money to show up. It's only $20. It's a Sunday afternoon. I don't know what time the Panthers play, but don't tell me you're not going to watch them because my Eagles took care of them a couple weeks ago and they're just not that good. So (laughs) you might as well go to the Smith Center, get a chance to see West Coach, get a chance to see CB bring his first team into the Smith Center. Really exciting for him. Get a chance to see Lebo and go watch our young guys and cheer them on. Another chance for them to to not have to practice against each other and play against somebody with a different jersey. But most importantly, support Coach Williams and what he's trying to do. After all we just talked about, everything he's been through as the, the shining light of our program through all this crap and leading us to a championship appearance in 16 and winning it in 17, you know, we got arguably the best coach in the country leading the best program. And he is asking, he is calling out to our fan base, please come and support this. We want to get this money raised. We want to fill the arena, watch some basketball, have fun, bring your kids, and let's get something positive done in the community. I can't think of a better way to do it than bringing together these teams. And so, like I said, I think our fans have a responsibility. If you're close enough that you can get there, buy a ticket, show up, and support what we're trying to do. I think it's a fantastic idea, and I think we owe it to Coach Williams to do that. I really believe that. So I'm going to get off my soapbox, but that's how I feel about it. No, brother, you got a right to be on a soapbox. You certainly earned that. I was looking, Ben Sherman posted earlier today the format, and I haven't seen a format like this. It's pretty neat since those old high school jamborees they used to have way back in my time. Each team's going to get 40 minutes of action. They split it up, period one, Carolina versus East Carolina, all the way down to period six, Carolina versus UNCW. Dewey, not to get you to repeat yourself like I'm prone to do with my questions, but how cool is that? That college basketball teams, the defending national champion and three other big-time schools in this state are coming together as a player. How fun would that be if you were still at Carolina? I mean, it's a great question, Tommy. That, that's my point is these guys have been killing each other in practice. And look, when you practice against each other enough, you get in fights, you're tired of playing against the guy on your own team. You want to get out there against somebody else. So, yeah, the exhibition game accomplished that. And now this is another chance to play three teams in the same day. 
I can't think of something that'll be more fun as a player, right? You get to get out there and run and they get to see CB who they haven't seen in probably five months, you know, since he took the job, that's exciting for them. But the other thing is if nothing else, go see Theo, go see Jalik, go, go see our guys play. You know, it's, it's not part of the season ticket package. Maybe this is the opportunity to go, have a lower level seat at the Smith Center and watch our guys play live. Take your kids and all the money goes to charity. I mean, what better way? And again, nothing, just go see Joe Barry. Go see a guy that's arguably going to leave the school as one of the best point guards we've ever had. And as accomplished statistically and, and where he took his teams as anybody we've had, right? Go see him. Go see Coach Williams coach in person. We're not going to have him forever. So I just, I don't think you have an excuse. If you're a Carolina basketball fan, supporting a team that just won a national championship, go see the banner. Hell, don't even watch the game. Go look at the banner, right? It's up there. It's shiny. It's new. Take a look at that. Take pictures of that with your kids. I just think, like I said, we have a responsibility. Get out there. It's a really cool event. It's raising money for a great cause. And go support Coach Williams and what he's trying to do and go see those guys. I think it's a great thing to do. Three o'clock on a Sunday. You got nothing better to do. Get out there. Great stuff, Dewey. $20 $20 gets you into the cost of admission. All of that goes to the Governor's Disaster Relief Fund Sunday at 3 o'clock. You're right. Not much to do on a Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. We're not much better place to be than the Smith Center. Dewey, this is the first of many basketball podcasts we'll do over the course of the year. It's been a good one, man. I look forward to talk to you the rest of the way. Yes, sir. Glad to be back. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.